Right. Welcome to another Pro Football Doc podcast. For me, the season has started. Of course, fantasy time and whatever, but the number one word around being thrown around is P-U-P. So we'll talk about that a little bit. But definitely the season has started. There's already the first game, uh, the Hall of Fame game. And for the Hall of Fame game, we did uh, switch over to uh, Twitter Live a little bit uh, for the Hall of Fame game. And uh, I'm not necessarily going to be watching every Hall of Fame, every preseason game. We had a special guest, Michael Gelkin, here uh, who joined us in the Pro Football Doc Command Center. But in any case... We're going to uh, the season is here and given the season is here. Our special guest today, the topic we're going to talk about in detail is PUP. But if you Google PUP, this is obviously what comes up. Some cute little puppy dogs here, but obviously that has nothing to do with uh, what we're talking about here. So what we're talking about here is what is PUP? It stands for physically unable to perform. So let me define for you a couple of categories as you hear things throughout this season. Physically unable to perform. There's two types. There's active and reserve. We'll come back to that. There is NFI, non-football injury. We'll come back to that. And then there's injured reserve. We'll come back to that as well. And then, of course, there's the COVID list thing, which is new. So PUP, what's the difference between active and reserve PUP? Active PUP is when you count against the roster, but you can be activated anytime. So right now it's a 90-man roster. If you're on PUP, you can count against the 90-man roster, and it's active PUP. You can come off anytime. Reserve PUP means you had to have started on PUP at the beginning of training camp. And when they convert you to reserve PUP, you do not count against the, south, the, uh, the, uh, the roster. So you can be outside of the 53 as the season starts. However, that carries with it a six-week holdout, missing six games, missing the first six games of the season, the first six weeks of the season but you don't count against a roster spot. That's the distinguishing difference. Pretty much everyone is on active PUP right now, and that's why they can come off at any point in time. NFI, non-football injury, in some ways very similar to what this PUP is, but the distinction is non-football injury means non-NFL football injury. So if you have an injury from college days or the off season before you were with the team, you can be NFI, non-football injury, even if you were hurt playing football. The NFL calls it not playing, not under their watch. And the big difference there for NFI is you don't even get paid if you're NFI, non-football injury, and. Uh, uh, Etc. So that's the big difference. And injury reserve, the rules have changed, right? It used to be a one-way ticket, a couple of designated to return slots. And this year so far, it looks like everyone will be able to return because of roster flexibility in COVID, three weeks for injured reserve, and then you can come back after that, etc. 
Well, that's the overall. So how do you get off PUP? You pass a physical to get off PUP. And the passing of physicals are indeed subjective. Just because a player doesn't pass a physical doesn't mean he won't be ready to play this year. And just because a player does pass a physical doesn't mean that he's 100% or ready to go week one. And we'll use Saquon Barkley as an example now and a little bit later when we do our injury rundown. But you have to come off PUP to practice with the team. You have to pass that physical to practice with the team. So the way it usually works is you're, you're able to, to get benefit from rehab on the side. The team preserves its rights by putting you on active PUP. But once you pass a physical, you get the right and the benefit of practicing with the team. It may start with individual period. It may start with seven on seven. It may start, it may ultimately get to 11 on 11. It doesn't have to to the get-go. But for you to practice, you have to be off PUP. You can work on the side. That's fine. That's called rehab. And that's what's now happened to Saquon Barkley. You know, Nick Bosa is, is playing. We'll, we'll talk about a lot of that. But that kind of is the background on uh, PUP and what it means and how teams use it. So teams may have different thresholds. We're not going to take a guy off of PUP until he's ready for 11 on 11 because we can get our work done on the side. Or let's get him off of PUP as soon as possible because we know he needs to get going on individual period and certain drills with the club. And it's easier to teach him the offense or the defense. So there's different uh, thresholds. Now, part of this is a physical um, look. Passing a physical is not necessarily black or white. One team may pass a guy, one team may not. And uh, with the similar criteria, one player may get passed on the same team and another may not, depending on what the team wants to do in the big picture. But something else came up this week about Carson Wentz and passing the physical. And we talked about it on SportsGrid. Uh, the reason why it came up is Carson Wentz's foot issue was said to have been, quote, pre-existing from high school. And so I was asked the question, if it's pre-existing from high school, how did the Colts doctors not know about it? How did potentially the Eagles doctors not know about it? And so let me explain to you the, the physical process. It's done by a team physician and everyone has different thresholds. In that piece on sports grid i talked about and ross has been on this show on the podcast before and we've talked about this ross used to not like me uh, i did not know this at the time when ross was playing in the nfl uh, he came to san diego to get a physical and uh, apparently he was a little annoyed that i looked at him head to toe and x-rayed him head to toe well i did that to be very thorough but I totally could see where a team doc says, Carson Wentz, any issues with your feet? No. And he'd be honest. If you really drill down, I had something in high school I don't remember, right? And if you look at his electronic medical records, he didn't have anything from the Eagles. And so there's no way the Eagles were hiding this from the Colts. And in some ways, it's coming back to bite the Eagles, right? Because they're probably going to end up with a second round pick instead of a first round pick with the time missed. But yes, it's possible to miss things 
on a physical because you don't necessarily x-ray and do everything head to toe. I will admit I probably over x-rayed people. I probably was a little too careful, but several times it had come in handy. One time a guy uh, broke his foot the day after the physical and the team was not happy with me. And I said, look, I x-rayed the foot. He had nothing there. So it was not pre-existing. Well, I can't do anything. And I x-rayed the foot for a different reason, but it gave me protection where the team couldn't be upset at me. So uh, I've talked with Ross about this and we joke about it now because we are friends and friendly, but that first time he was a little bit, I'm going to, I came on with him at Sirius and it was actually in person and he wanted to grill me on that. I said, oh, go ahead, you know? And uh, my question to Ross is, look, if you owned a team, would you want me being that overly thorough? I get as a player, you were annoyed by it, uh, but physicals in the eye of the beholder, Carson Wentz, there was nothing to hide there. It just got, it was a non-factor and now it is. And we talked about last week when uh, he might come back. All right, our next topic here is there's always two sides to every story. And uh, we see it again here with, uh, well, before we get to two sides to every story, um, let's talk, well, let's, let's go ahead and do two sides to every story here. Two sides to every story. Michael Thomas, can't guard Mike. They tried to damage a reputation you save theirs by not telling their telling your side of the story. So more of the Michael Thomas saga. A couple of weeks ago, came out surgery in June, wouldn't be ready. I've been saying, we've been saying through our algorithm and our analysis that it's going to be at least mid-season, at least before he's going to be ready. And something didn't make sense. And then the team basically came out and said, well. He, they wish he would have had the surgery earlier and even reports that they lost communication with him. I've always said this, if something doesn't make sense, it does. We just don't know all the reasons. And the analogy I'll give you is my eight-year-old twins. If the two of them are fighting and one comes running to me and say, so-and-so hit me, it probably wasn't as clean as the one kid was minding her own business and my son came by and just hit her. It probably is more like she stole his toy, he pushed her, she pushed him, and then someone got incidentally hit or actually hit, right? I mean, there's usually two sides to a story. So I'm eager to hear Michael Thomas's side. I, I don't want to imagine what it is, but I think he should tell it. Look, if the Saints are throwing him under the bus and saying he went AWOL, which they basically have, he or his agent should tell his side of the story in terms of what they see and saw. But um, there's always two sides to any story, any uh, controversy, et cetera. All right, um, I almost hate to do this, but it's just so everywhere. Um, we'll touch on our weekly COVID take, so to speak. Um, let's start with Kirk Cousins. So he was a close contact and he then was ruled out for a period of time. That's the risk players take by not being vaccinated. The close contact rules are different for them. 
The close contact rules are different for players who are vaccinated than those who aren't. I didn't make the rules. I'm not saying the rules are perfect. Don't get mad at me. I'm not getting involved in the who should or shouldn't get vaccinated. Look, I'm vaccinated. That was my choice. Um, the players can choose and make their choices. They just can't choose their consequences. And there are consequences for not being vaccinated. So Kirk Cousins saying um, he's considering setting up plexiglass around where he sits in the meeting room to limit exposure. <sighs> Look, the rules are trickier than that. I don't think it's that simple. Amy Trask, you know, chimed in with this nice little cone uh, get smart bubble. But the game is rigged the other way. Is That's just the way that it is right now. And then take the case of poor Lamar Jackson, who's gotten COVID twice now, on the COVID list twice now, got COVID twice, apparently is unvaccinated, and apparently he's maybe thinking about it now. He would only need one of the two shots per protocol. But yeah, it's just complicated. And yes, 90% of the league, I think, is now, um, uh, whoops, wrong thing there. 90% of the league is now um, indeed vaccinated. But that doesn't mean all teams are 88%, meet that 85% threshold. There's still a couple that are under it. But I urge you to go to my Twitter timeline and take a look at this. I mean, I'm not trying to take sides here. I'm just trying to tell you. A year ago, I wrote the viral lowered article about what players and coaches need to better understand. Because remember, there were a lot of players and coaches saying, I don't understand the protocols and what they mean. And in the end, I think it made sense, but it was some education. This close contact thing, once again, the game of football by medical standards is not close contact. Yes, Delta is maybe 50% more contagious. It's something to follow. But last year, there were no cases of across the line of scrimmage transmission in terms of what's going on. All right, one other big theme for the NFL and football in general is the whole gambling angle. Oh, and before we get to that, I get why Jimmy Graham and other players are confused. Jimmy Graham tweeted, we basically, was basically forced into getting the vaccine. Now I'm just confused. And he tags NFLPA with all their new suggestions and rule changes. Yeah, I think that's how a lot of us feel. It's been a little bit of a moving target. And I'm not saying this to be critical of the NFL, the NFLPA, even government, but I get how the mis mixed messaging confuses people. And I don't blame Jimmy Graham for being a little confused, but it's going to be a moving target. That's what it's going to be. And uh, currently, uh, I get why he's frustrated, but the rules are going to be the rules. Um, the final topic here, what, where is the league headed? Look, the Colts, the Colts team itself is offering a $100 betting incentive. And that's a landmark change. This morning, BetMGM announced a partnership with Arizona Cardinals for retail and online sports betting, not just advertising, but right into the betting game itself. So 
it's coming guys i'm telling you i'm not saying everyone's gonna be a degenerate gambler and losing all their money and all this stuff but look what fantasy did for the nfl and expanding its popularity what dfs did to improve the nfl on a weekly basis gambling's going to do that tenfold because blowout games can become interesting anything can in game is ultimately where it's going to be and that's one of the reasons we set up what we have which is uh trying to help people with real-time injury analysis and uh, in-game stuff as quickly as possible. And so that ultimately is uh, why, I mean, look, come to Pro Football Doc, sign up for a free account. We try and do lots of things for free, but to get, you can see all the updates. It's all free. All you need is an email and your password and you're good to go. Still free right now. And uh, we'll give you lots of the different information. We have it there first. We have it there first. And the reason why I like to put it there, Twitter is so fleeting, then you can't find it in two hours or two days, and certainly not two weeks. But there you can search a name. There's all sorts of other features, et cetera. But there's our little commercial. Go to sign up for profootballdoc.com. We have new other announcements too. We'll take a little break here, then we'll come back with uh, the injury rundown and talk a little about other sports, what happened here, video, and cover some funny anecdotes. More to come, part two of the Pro Football Doc podcast next. Welcome back to the Pro Football Doc podcast, part two, and we'll get to the injury rundown here. And first of all, with the injury rundown, let's uh, talk about once again, go to profootballdoc.com. You'll get the latest updates. For example, DJ Chark, I do think he'll be back, and he's not in danger of missing the start of the season, even with his finger fracture. And all the injury index analysis, players, team search videos, lots of new features on here, and it's free. No spamming, no credit card required. Couldn't be any better than that. So now that the season started, let's run through here. So look, the season's here. We had uh, Jay Glazer on talking about Dak, talking about Carson Wentz in a pregame report. It's good to see football back, Hall of Fame game. Uh, a couple of uh, different things, though, in terms of uh, what's going to happen this year. Remember, this, this year is going to be a little different. And it's going to be a little different because there's only three preseason games. And uh, that's a big deal because how will teams handle that? Uh, usually the third preseason game was the one where the starters played. There's no fourth preseason game now, but there's the same gap. So is the third preseason game now going to be treated like the fourth? or it will it be treated like the old third preseason game since there's a two-week gap. So that's something to consider as you look at teams and, and try and make your uh, prognostications, not only if you're trying to wager preseason, but more in terms of setting lineups and what to expect and watching and uh, so forth. That's an access difference this year, uh, much different, first time ever. So we'll see how that works. Uh, so let's do our rundown here. First thing, since we talked about Dak a little bit in Amari. Uh, and uh, first of all, Dak Prescott is not 
obviously Dak Prescott ended up being a bigger deal than we thought, right? That's what we said. He's still out right now. Uh, they've consulted with the Texas Rangers. Makes sense. It's a throwing injury. Uh, Latissima's dorsi strain. It was much more than fatigue. Dak will be ready for the start of the season. I'm not worried. It's just when does he start to throw in practice again is the question. And clearly it was more than a, a non-issue or day-to-day -day thing, but he will be back. I'm not worried. I'm much more worried about Amari Cooper, as I've said in this video as well. Definitely more worried about Amari Cooper. We detail at the website, profootballdoc.com. You can see these videos at the website as well. And the reason why is Amari Cooper had January surgery on his ankle supposed to be a six-week return recovery timeline for the cleanup at six months still had bone inflammation and other issues so if at six months he's got bone inflammation what's to say at seven months that he's now 100 percent? not likely i think he's going to make it this year i think he's going to play week one but I think he's going to have to deal with the after effects of the ankle soreness. I don't think it's going to go away. I think he's going to need to play with it and play through it as opposed to get to hundred percent. So I'm not saying Amari won't play. I'm just saying I'm more concerned about Amari, um, you know, in the fantasy world is CD lamb the play I, I have entered in the fantasy world this year. Last year was my first time. Now I'm in three, three different leagues. I got drug into that and I appreciate it. Bull Warrior Bull and Scott Fishbowl 11. And it'll be fun. I don't know how well I'll do, but I kind of like CeeDee Lamb for that reason. And by the way, the preseason injury preview is already up for the Cowboys. Uh, the NFC will be up soon and then followed by the AFC. Once again, log in to profootballdoc.com to get it for free. And it's a live document. In other words, we will update it as we go and as we move along. Um, so that's our Amari Cooper concern, uh, et cetera, that we've been talking about. And Saquon, off PUP. So what does that mean? Like we just talked about in the first half, that means he passed a physical. That does not, that means he can practice with the team. That does not mean he's 100%. He, this makes him eligible to play week one, does not guarantee that he will. And even if he does, does not guarantee 20 touches or that he's 100%. I'm not hating on Saquon. I think he's doing very well. But, you know, if you really look closely, there's some atrophy difference still. And as great as of an athlete as he is, 90% of Saquon's pretty darn good. But I just don't think he's 100% yet. Um, that's the story on Saquon. Uh, and we talked about Saquon. Nothing's changed in some of the videos about Saquon. Uh, look, recovery is not like a light switch. It's more very slow sunrise. You can't tell me that yesterday when he was on PUP, he wasn't ready to go. And today he's off PUP and he's 100% ready to go. It's a gradual process. And good signs good news, headed in the right direction. Whether he plays week one or not, I don't know yet, but I can tell you he will not be 100% week one. He'll get better and better and stronger and stronger as the season comes along. Next up, um, preseason, Justin Jefferson. And we actually got some video here on Justin Jefferson. Um, 
the uh, was tweeted this video by many people. Justin Jefferson coming in on the side there and lands on his left shoulder. And the good news here is that we thought it was an uh, a, uh, AC joint injury, and it turned out immediately afterwards it was. And that's why we say go to profootballdoc.com. We actually posted it there first and uh, before even tweeting it because we want our database there. The idea is a couple-week issue with an AC joint sprain ready before the regular season. The Vikings did sign another wide receiver just to take reps. And uh, shortly, concurrently or thereafter, I wasn't timing it, Adam Schefter confirmed that news. So that's how fast we're getting now. An injury happens a few minutes ago. We're getting it up. We're looking at it. We've got video of it. And boom, Adam comes up with the results already, even though it's preseason. So strong work there. But like I said, go to profootballdoc.com to, to see it all. Next up on the injury rundown, Bud Dupree passes his colon off of PUP. Same thing. Doesn't mean that he's 100%. I think the Titans, he's coming along nicely. But last time we analyzed video here, he was not 100%. And all I'm saying now, he still isn't. He's practicing. He's worked his way back into it. And I think the, the uh, Titans will preferentially use him on the right side of the defense because it was his right knee, so he can have a healthy left knee on the outside, which is most important for a pass rusher. But he's coming along nicely. Uh, next up, Curtis Samuel is off of the COVID list, but they still have him on PUP for his groin. And there's no timetable yet on Curtis Samuel for his groin. The hope it is, is just a mild groin strain and he'll make it back. No time frame yet. Hopefully this doesn't go down the road of core muscle surgery. Don't have any indication of that yet, but no timetable on Curtis Samuel yet. In the preseason, not a lot of information sometimes. A.J. Green out with a, quote, minor issue. And Coach Cliff Klingsbury says he's back sooner than later, but he won't provide any details because it's preseason. You don't need to provide any an injury report until Wednesday before the first games. Anything is voluntary right now. There doesn't need to be any injury information out there. So coaches are taking advantage. In some ways, it makes my job harder to analyze. In some ways, it makes it more interesting because there's no information out there. So whatever detective work that we do uh, might be helpful to fans and also players as fantasy draft season is, is basically here. Next up, uh, Tyreek Hill seems to be a very minor case of tendonitis. The key is to not make it into a chronic case. He just missed a day or two in his back. So hopefully it remains nothing for Tyreek Hill. But once again, very little information to go on. Kelly, Kenny Galladay exited practice and uh, you know, we had video of it from Jordan Ron on. It looked like a minor hamstring strain. And here's another example where this is what gets posted at Pro Football Doc, uh, that it's a minor hamstring strain, et cetera. And that was later confirmed by uh, Dan Dugan, a uh, beat reporter for the Giants, a good reporter uh, that uh, not considered significant more tests, but he should be, uh, he'll be back before the regular season is underway. Of course, he won't get a chance to work as much with his new quarterback, Daniel Jones. Nick Bosa, uh, you know, uh, 
currently uh, his head coach, Mike Shanahan, is saying we expect him week one. Shanahan's honest, Mike Shanahan, Coach Shanahan. He's honest, Kyle Shanahan. Um, he expects him week one. You expect all players week one. He's That's been the goal all along. Of course, that's the goal. He did not say he would be 100% week one. And that I can tell you, it's hard to speed up biology. Looks like Nick Bosa is doing well. It'll be effective. They can plan out how to use him in different ways to take advantage and protect the knee, the ACL that he's coming off of. Won't be 100%, but 95% Nick Bosa is pretty good. And we'll talk about that in the preseason injury preview again. Uh, more rundown here. Uh, let's get to some fun little things before we get to the videos of the week here. Philip Rivers, I got asked about this on air, about his return, especially with Carson Wentz. Here's the thing. Philip, I don't see Philip going to Indy now. Uh, and I think he's now confirmed that for a couple of reasons. Carson Wentz's injury is short term. I think he's going to miss some time, but I think he's going to come back in October, hopefully early October, but no worse than late October. Philip Rivers loves football, football and family. He really loves it. But that's actually why I don't see him coming back right now. Because he loves football and he's getting his football in the form of high school football as he's coaching. Believe me, he's all in on that. I mean, just fucking the whole deal. After high school football season is done, if there's a late season need, maybe he'll go out and join a team in the right circumstance. And I think that's what he's saying. I don't think he's moving his family again like last time in Indy. And, you know, or so he can travel back and forth and get family life in order without disrupting his kids. He loves football and family, and I don't think he's going to go against that. Part of loving football is loving the NFL, but right now I think he's getting his fix in high school. The only way I see it working, if it's the perfect circumstance, his assistant coaches beg him to go, his players, including the seniors, I know this is his first year coaching, but seniors still mean something, tell him, coach, we want you to go and take this opportunity. That's the only way I see him but I think it's more of a late season ad at this point in time, if anything. And since we're talking name quarterbacks, I thought this was interesting and I didn't know, don't know why more wasn't made of this from Tom Brady Forbes average value of NFL franchises up 14% despite revenue drop salary cap dropped by 20%. And the day after the new media deals were announced at more money. So just interesting point. We see him, you know, at the uh, Hall of Fame induction with Peyton. Tom Brady's a great ambassador, but I'm surprised this more traction out there, or maybe it did. So once again, footballdoc.com, things are live there, etc. But uh, this is what I was talking about, the preseason schedule. This is week three. Remember, Hall of Fame, one game, week one, week two, week three, that's it. But note, week three is in the usual week three time slot. There's a week off, and then one of the NFL starts in a normal, normal set, normal way. All right, let's uh, move on to a little bit of a few other sports and uh, baseball and, and other things before we 
we sort of uh, wrap things up here. Oh, before we get to baseball, this was good to hear, and you guys heard it here first on the podcast. Christian Eriksson, he is the Danish soccer player who had the heart issue, passed out on the field and resuscitated. And right after that, we talked on the podcast, and there were people saying, and doctors saying, and soccer doctors saying, his career is done, his career is done. And I said, not so fast. Make the diagnosis depend on what the heart depends on what the heart issue was. And it does look like he's returning to his club and starting to train. So hopefully uh, he's passed all tests and will do so safely. They saved his life and hopefully they can put him on the right meds or make the right adjustments if he wants to play to have him safely play. Tatis is the other big story uh, in San Diego for sure. Uh, fifth time dislocation of the shoulder admitted now that he will need surgery. We talked about it at the beginning of the baseball season, how surgery was a matter of when, not if. Now he's being moved to the outfield, maybe. That's interesting. I don't doubt that he can do it because, look, he changed his swing and he's still hitting home runs. To, to, because of his shoulder, he changed his swing. But I don't love the, the additional risk of an unfamiliar position. And you can't throttle this kid in. He's the matrix. You know, he really does all these crazy things. I just don't, and I don't see him not diving for a ball. And if it's on a full speed run, there might be risk of more damage. And quite honestly, if surgery is, if it's that bad, that he's got, he's got to move positions, maybe you should think about surgery. Interesting though, on my Twitter poll, more than half of you thought he should keep going and keep playing. There's no right answer. And on a sided poll, a little a bit of the majority said shut him down so i don't know what that really means but uh it uh it it is what it is uh, it's a tough consideration right and i'm not being critical of the padres or whatever uh to play or not to play is a tough consideration the only way that i see that they'll change they're going to bring him back whether in the outfield or shortstop i don't know but is if a he has more damage and increased risk of permanent damage. B, he starts to not play well because of the shoulder, which I actually don't see happening. Or C, the Padres are out of it mathematically or out of playoff contention, but they are right now. All right, let's move on again here. Um, this is just for fun. I thought this was worth everyone seeing. Uh, entertaining interview, I'll say this, I'll let it play. Well, to normally what I do is I get, I'll get two venti. I go, you know, Starbucks. Get two venti of the pipe with two shots in it. So black eye and both. That's what I come in with. That's how I start the day. So, well, to normally. <laughs> well, that explains all his great quotes, right? I mean, biting off kneecaps and this, that, the other. He starts the day with that. That's the equivalent of eight cups of coffee. Is how he starts the day. I see how that man finishes the day. Look, he's entertaining, that's for sure. I hope he can be successful because he is an entertaining uh, quote machine. That is for sure. But uh, let me tell you, with that amount of caffeine, you would actually fail. He would actually fail a, uh, a uh, performance enhancement test. There are limits to the amount of caffeine a player can have in their system. I guarantee you eight cups of coffee would make you fail. You could have one or two cups of coffee and be okay, but it's interesting that uh, that would be considered performance enhancement in the NFL for a player to do that. But 
This coach does it regularly. He is entertaining. The final thing that we're going to do is this video, and it is soccer video, but take a look here. It's pretty gruesome right ankle sprain. As he takes a long step, the ball hits his foot, turns it, and he lands and completely turns that. We don't have final word yet, but my belief is that uh, it's just a bad ankle sprain and no fracture. He was able to hobble off the field. Uh, but that's the difference between an inversion ankle sprain and a Dak Prescott eversion ankle sprain slash fracture uh, as he returns this year. All right. Thanks again for watching Pro Football Doc Podcast. Go to profootballdoc.com for the latest info. We covered PUP today. Uh, fantasy drafts are basically here. Our preseason injury preview is up for some teams already, soon to be up for NFC and, and then the AFC. And it will be a living document where we keep updating it. So that's why you want to go to the website to see that for free. Uh, appreciate you all. Excited. The season is here. Uh, thanks for watching Pro Football Doc Podcast.